Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Discipleship Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with this lesson. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's lesson. Page 134 on Footsteps of Messiah, and we're going to talk about the third temple, okay? Obviously, the end times assumes there's going to be another Jewish temple, maybe built during during the tribulation or before the tribulation. We're not certain, but the scriptures imply that a temple is going to be built. So if you'll read with me, page 134, Daniel 9.27 will state the implication here. And it says, he shall make, and the he there is the Antichrist, obviously, the prince that is to come, a firm covenant, that's a uh, the idea of firm is a strong or a guaranteed covenant, and here's the term, with many, or it should, in the original language, the many. Notice it doesn't say all of Israel, but the many. So a portion of Israel will not do a deal with the Antichrist, but some will, and I believe it's that liberal left that we talked about. For one week. And we obviously know what a week is. According to Daniel, it's seven years. And in the middle of the week, that's three and a half years, he, that's the prince to come, that's the Antichrist, shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So the question I have for you is, what does that imply if he stops the sacrifice and the oblations? What's the implication? There's a temple that's built and functioning during this time. And that means it's on the Temple Mount. That means it's right where it needs to be. And the fact that the Jews are resuming Mosaic law and doing it, uh, doing their sacrifices according to Mosaic law. So there is the implication even from Daniel that a temple will be built. And then it continues on. And upon the wing of abominations, shall come one that makes desolate. Now, the idea of wing uh, means the pinnacle of the temple. This will happen on the pinnacle of the temple. And the idea in in the original language of the wing has to do with the spreading or overspreading influence of this abomination. So on the pinnacle of the temple, it will spread this abomination not just around Israel, but worldwide, basically, is what we'll see according to Revelation 13. And so the abomination, then, is an idol. The the, the term abomination is typically used for idolatry. The abomination that is typically called of desolation is two aspects. It is not only an idol, but it is the Antichrist himself making a statement in the temple. So it's twofold. It's an idol and a statement that he makes. So you know, shall come one that makes desolate. So he's going to desolate the temple. The Jews are not going to be there anymore. And even until the full end, or to finish the seven weeks, or the seven years is the idea. And that determined, the idea is that it is decreed, and it will not last past a single point of the seven years. This is important. Jesus said if that time had not been cut short, nobody would survive. So it's limited in scope, three and a half years basically. Shall wrath be poured out upon the desolate? 
The wrath is obviously the wrath of the Antichrist, and the desolate are the Jewish people. And during that wrath, according to Zechariah 13, uh, yeah, Zechariah 13, two-thirds of Israel will be killed uh, during that period of time. Okay, so there's the first uh, implication. Then we move to Jesus' words in Matthew 24, and again, the implication is there again. When therefore ye see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let him that reads understand. And basically Jesus told the Jews, when you see this go up, you need to get out of Dodge. You need to get into the desert. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at that later on. But Jesus is implying that a temple will be built. Third passage, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4, shows that Paul anticipates another temple. Let no man beguile you in any wise, for it will not be except the fallen away come first. We studied that about the great apostasy. The man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Obviously, that's the Antichrist. He that opposes and exalts himself against all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits in the temple of God. What does that imply? A temple will be rebuilt, set, setting himself forth as God. So there's the, the second part of the abomination of desolation, is the Antichrist will get to the point of calling himself God and do that in the temple. So it's two phases of the abomination of desolation. He calls himself God, that's the first phase, the second phase is he erects a uh, sculpture or idol to himself in the temple. So it's two phases, a statement and then the idol. And I'll talk a little bit about the idol in just a second. The fourth passage of implication, Revelation 11, 1 through 2. And there was given to me a reed like unto a rod, and one said, Rise, and measure the temple of God. Again, and the altar, and them that worship therein. And the court which is without the temple, leave without, and measure it not, for it has been given unto the nations, or the goyim. And the holy city shall uh, they tread underfoot forty and two months, so basically three and a half years. So again, Revelation is saying another temple will be built, and therefore it's going to be tread down once the abomination of desolation happens for three and a half years, the last three and a half years of tribulation. Okay, so the question is... And, are the Jews right now ready to establish a temple? Yes, they are. And the Temple Mount Faithful want to put up a temple. They say they have the articles, and they do have the articles. You can go online and Google this, Temple Mount, and uh, that you'll see all the articles there. Um, they are currently training the priests right now. And it, this is, this is a, a thing of not only prophetic, but modern age and how prophecy works together. Before DNA research... No Jew could trace their ancestry. They didn't know what tribe they're from. They knew they were Jewish, but they couldn't trace their ancestry. But with DNA research that came to light, what has happened is, believe it or not, it has allowed the Jews to trace at least one branch of Jews to a common ancestor. It is absolutely amazing. And that, that one branch leads all these one Jews, set of Jews, that have a very common name to one ancestor. The common name typically is Levitt, Levinson, Levi, Cohen, anything, Levitz. That particular Jew with that last name, guess what their DNA shows? They're all from the same strand. 
And they're all going back to one guy. You know who that guy is? It's Aaron. Through modern day DNA research, the Jews at least know one thing. That these guys are from the tribe of Levi. And why is that important? In order to have a temple, the Jews have to know who is from the tribe of Levi who can serve in the temple. It can't be anyone from any other tribe. And through DNA research, they now have that. That is absolutely a miracle. It is prophetic. It is amazing. But they're now training those priests to do the temple to do all the sacrifices and to train. So they're ready to go. They think they can get the thing up in, in uh, three months, they say. They have all the funding. They have all the money. They're ready to go. The only thing they've had a problem with is the candelabra. They made it out of 24 karat gold, and because it's 24 karat, it's real soft. And they don't know how it stood because it's, it tend, the, the candelabra tends to weep over because of the gold being so soft. And they still today don't know how the original candelabra, because it was so uh, 24 karat gold, how it stayed erect and didn't lean over. Uh, maybe it was supernatural, I don't know. But they're still having a problem, I guess, with the candelabra. The Sanhedrin reconvened in 1994. I don't know if you were aware of that. You can go on their website. They're looking, you can, you can see the model of the new Sanhedrin and what they want to build. And uh, tonight, if you want, you can watch the whole thing of what they're planning on what the Sanhedrin will look like, the court and everything. Sanhedrin has reconvened. They're ready to go. But here's the deal. If you see a commercial on TV soliciting money for it, should you give to it? Do not give to it. Please do not give to it. Do not give any penny to them. Why? Because it's not sanctioned by God. How so? Isaiah 66 predicts it. Let's read it. Page 135. Isaiah 66, 1 through 6, is talking about the tribulation period. That's the, the time period that you're dealing with in Isaiah. Okay? Thus says Yahweh, or Jehovah, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What manner of house will you or ye build me unto me? And what part shall be my rest? For all these things had my hand made, and so all these things came by, came to be, says Yahweh. So the, the first thing that God is saying is, Israel, don't you dare think about building a house for me. I have not commissioned it. The creation is my temple, so to speak. It's my footstool. I have not sanctioned anything. So if you try to build anything, you don't have my approval. What I am requiring now is something different from you. And look what he requires. But to this man I will look, even to him that is poor and of a, what? A contrite spirit and that trembles at my Word. That's what I want from you. Israel, I do not want a temple. I want a repentant heart from you about a sin you committed against me. And I want somebody that follows my word and will obey me. I want obedience. I don't want sacrifice. I want obedience from you. So don't even think about this. So here's the implication. He that kills an ox is as he who slays a man. So you want to do sacrifice? You want to go back to the Mosaic system? I'm considering that murder. He that sacrifices the lamb as he that breaks a dog's neck. To kill a dog and offer a dog to sacrifice would be an abomination to the Lord because a dog is a dirty animal, an unclean animal. That would be, he says, when you offer a lamb, it's like offering a dog to me. I will not accept it. It's an abomination. 
he that offers an oblation as if that offers swine's blood. You're giving me pig's blood, which was totally forbidden. He that burns frankincense as he that blesses an idol. You might as well stick up idols in that temple. Yay? They have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. Who is he talking to? He is speaking to the non-remnant. Because it is the non-remnant of Israel that puts this thing up. Now watch this. I also will choose their delusions. And he will send a powerful delusion that they will believe the lie. And I will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. He's talking to a future Jewish generation in the tribulation. When I spoke, they did not hear. So when I did Psalm 83, when I did Gog and Magog, when I, when I warned you about the Antichrist, you did not listen to me. And you went ahead and built that temple, didn't you? But they did not that which was evil in my eyes and chose that wherein I delighted not. So it's evil to do this that Israel will do. Hear the word of Yahweh, ye that tremble at his word. Now he's speaking to the remnant. He switched gears. He that he listens to my word, that's the remnant of Israel. Again, this is future. Your brethren. Who what brethren? Who are the remnant's brethren? The non-remnant Israel. Their biological brethren that don't believe. That hate you. That cast you out. For my name's sake, have said, let Yahweh be glorified, that we may see your joy. But it is they that shall be put to shame. A voice of tumult from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of Yahweh that renders recompense to his enemies. He just told the remnant of Israel in the future, you obey my word and I know your brethren hate you but I'm going to bring punishment on your brethren. Do you see the contrast between the two? So that's all future. And he is speaking to the non-remnant and the remnant. And look what the non-remnant does to the remnant of Israel. They hate him for Yahweh's name. What is the name given that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess? The remnant believes in Yeshua as Messiah, and they're hated by their own brethren. So this is the divide in Israel happening, and one of the main divisions is going to be over the temple. The temple will divide Israel. Because the 144,000, the two witnesses, Elijah will say, don't build it, don't build it, don't do it. It's evil, according to Isaiah. God has not sanctioned this, and Israel will go ahead and do it. The non-remnant, the many. And they will build it. Any questions so far? Is that clear? That makes sense? Do not give money to this place. And I know they're soliciting money, but it is a non-sanctioned temple. The next temple that's sanctioned is the millennial temple, which according to Zechariah, will be built by Messiah himself. That is the only sanctioned temple that's coming, and that will come at the second coming. Okay, so, interesting enough, I wanted to take it uh, and we'll take a break after this. I want you to take, uh, go to Revelation in 13. And I wanted to look at the second phase of the abomination of desolation. Revelation 13. Uh, let's start in verse 11. 
Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. That sounds like the Pope to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in the presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it, in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So the false prophet will have the ability to do signs like that. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by signs which he has granted to do in the, um, in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. So the image of the beast will be worldwide. It not only will be in the temple, it will be worldwide. This connects to Daniel's wing of abominations. What, well, what do you mean, Brandon? Wing, in the original language, means a spread of influence. So the spread of influence means that idolatry will be everywhere on the earth. They will be caused to make images to, of the Antichrist in their, their homes, basically. Um, he was granted power. Now watch this. This is very interesting. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, a free and slave, to receive the mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So the second phase of making the, an idol out of the Antichrist, this image that's in the temple, has some supernatural thing associated with it that it speaks and can kill you. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's technology or if that's demonic or some supernatural things occurring here. But whatever it is, this idol will have the ability to speak and kill people. Some have uh, have said that maybe it's um, John was peering into the future and as he saw this vision, he saw animatronics. And he saw that, you know, with... It's it, it's uh, it looks like life, but it's not. He doesn't use the word Zoe. Um, Zoe means biological life. He doesn't use the word the word Zoe in the Greek. Um, it's a different word for life. That it's it appears like life, but it's not real biological life. It's it looks like it's a counterfeit. It's fake. So maybe it's technology. I don't know. But whatever it is, if you don't worship it, it'll kill you. It'll kill you, whatever this thing is. So it could be demonic. I don't know. Um, but anyway, thank God I won't be around to see that. Uh, pretty bad. But it's the ultimate form of idolatry. And notice what's connected to the idolatry. You can't buy or sell without his mark. Again, that could only happen if a global government governance happened prior to this and set that stage for it which is exactly what we're watching now in the world of this global economy desire. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Anchor Discipleship. We hope that this message is a blessing to you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has two other podcasts. The first is called The Anchor Sunday Sermons and is filled with pastors' Sunday messages. And the second is the Anchor Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. 
If you enjoy this message and would like to hear them, please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services. Rock Harbor Church also has a print-to-order merchandise store. You can shop for Rock Harbor merch at rockharborchurch.store. Support for all three of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Keep looking up for our redemption dolls near. God bless.